Okay, welcome back to the pregame podcast golf preview on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast. It is Rocket Mortgage Championship Week. We're going to give you a little bit of a Travelers re- recap as well. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Travelers, I thought the first three days of the Travelers were exciting. Uh, the final round came and we saw a few of the favorites fall off that we liked as far as Bubba and Scotty. Um, and it kind of led to a bit of a more boring a, a long, boring playoff between um, Harris English and Kramer Hickok, uh, you know, both needing different things. I know Harris definitely took a step in the right direction towards, uh, you know, getting selected for the Ryder Cup, uh, which he's obviously uh, right there in. Uh, Led, your thoughts on what went down at, at TPC River Highlands? Yeah, it was uh, pretty, you know, it's weird saying boring playoff, but it was definitely a bit of a, uh, a par fest. Um, I read some stat that said they both hold over 25 feet of par putts to keep the, the playoff going. So, um, you know, definitely some, some clutch genes going on there. Uh, but yeah, I'd never really seen anything like it in terms of an eight hole playoff. I know there had been, I think maybe one previously longer. Uh, luckily I saw that it was the longest day of the year, so they didn't have to, to battle darkness too much, but you know, pretty cool tournament where, you know, starting the final day, you had 19 guys within three shots and uh, a little different than normal travelers where it's a bit of a full blown shootout. You know, having a score 12, 13 under par winning uh, was kind of nice because it was a bunch leaderboard. But it just seemed, you know, once you were kind of one or two shots was kind of a big difference. It, it certainly with that tough finish at uh, TPC River Highlands. So uh, I also saw that they had to replace the standard bear. uh at some point during the playoff and he was a past Olympian. So that's how, you know, it was a really long day out there. Uh, but pretty cool to see Harris, you know, get his second win of the year. And uh, for someone like a Kramer Hickok kind of first time really jumping on the scene there. I know he's uh, friends with Jordan Spieth and they, you know, they were really milking that during the, the telecast, but you know, all in all a pretty exciting tournament. And uh, you know, we, let's just kind of get into those favorites um, starting with, Bryson, who was sitting at 12 to one, he was, he finished, you know, T19th with rounds of 69, 66, 68, and 70. So a solid week for Bryson after that, you know, US Open collapse. And that's one of the things we're starting to see here with this new beefed up Bryson. Uh, his bad weeks are, you know, top 20s. So um, with all the strokes he's gaining off the tee and all the, uh, the stuff he's doing, it's pretty cool to kind of see that consistency out of him. Okay, and to, to Dustin at 13 to 1, uh, tied with Bryson uh, at T19. And, you know, it really came down to just four bad tee shots all week for Dustin on three, four, and 12. Um, and also a water ball on 13 in the third round for, for, for Dustin. But by the numbers, you know, another really solid, solid event. I think, you know, Dustin continues to talk about how, um, you know, his – his poor days aren't because of, you know, ball striking or really anything to do with uh, the way he's hitting it. Um, it's just that he compounds mistakes and, you know, shots in the ha- hazards turn into uh, repeated errors, but Dustin is playing well. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if he makes a decision on playing in the open, I know he's kind of one foot in one foot out uh, because of COVID protocols, but uh, uh, you know. Yeah. And then next we got, Patrick Cantlay, he was at 16 to one, definitely a favorite, obviously heading into this past week. Uh, he shot rounds of 68, 66, 70, and 68. Um, finished T 
13. Um, you know, solid week for Mr. Cantlay. He picked up strokes on, on the field in every single category this week, and that's what he seems to be doing this year. So, um, obviously, probably would have liked to contend a little bit more, but, you know, just another good week for, uh, for Cantlay. And Brooksy to 18 to one, very solid uh, finish this week for Brooks. Finished T second, made a, made a couple big numbers in the third round, which was really the only thing that kept him from winning the event. Um, he, he continues to be a solid top 10 pick since that missed cut at Palmetto a couple weeks ago. Um, and, and by the numbers, his short game really seems to be back on track. Uh, picked up shots on the field this week in the chipping and putting categories where he was losing a ton of a congaree. Um, and he, he's finished top top five in three of his last four starts, uh, not in the field this week, but hopefully he's in our conversation for the Open. Yep, and then we had Paul Casey at 18-1. to one. You know, a lot of people liked him this week kind of because of his course history, and he's had so many top tens here. He ended up finishing T35, uh, finished 400 for the week. And, you know, one of the things I saw that really jumped out at me is he lost five strokes to the field putting. So when you do that, you're not really going to have a chance and uh, but, you know, look for him to kind of pick it up the rest of the season. Obviously one of the best ball strikers on tour, but if you're losing five strokes to the field putting versus a guy like Kramer Hickok, who uh, picked up eight shots on the field putting, you just, you don't really stand a chance. <laughs> and it's a Patrick Reed at 22 to one uh, finished fifth at the travelers and, and, and had a strong week across the board. Uh, as we move into the final major of the year, it'll be interesting to see how his putting comes around. Uh, you know, we haven't been able to consistently buy a Patrick Reed ticket uh, because of how suspect he has been on the greens, but it just seems to me, James, that putting, you know, makes all the difference in his game. And it doesn't seem like this year there's weeks where he's just slightly off and kind of rallies around. It's just, it's either good or it's so horrendous that he's missing cuts. Yep. And then, you know, heading into, we had uh, Scotty Scheffler, who was at 25 to one. He got off to a nice start with rounds of 69 and 65. He was really right in there heading into the weekend. And then pretty disappointing weekend for Scotty with rounds of 71 and 72. He's another guy that's just so consistent, even like a, you know, you finish whatever tied 47th and, uh, you know, his bad weeks are getting better. So that's just kind of, you know, one thing to look at there kind of heading forward. Yeah. It's, it really just must be that longhorn blood. Uh, and we get, <laughs> we move on to Tony fee now at 28 to one and Tony, 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 it's just breaking down the issue. Tony's putting, you know, has just been horrendous dating back to Wells Fargo about five weeks ago. Um, you know, lost four strokes to the field at colonial and the next week he gets even worse in Memorial uh, we lose his five strokes. And it just seems like, the last two weeks at Torrey and, and TPC River Highlands, the, you know, the entire game has kind of taken a toll, uh, losing strokes um, across the board. Yeah, and kind of just rounding out the last couple favorites here, uh, Matthew Wolf was 35-1. to 1. Um, Crazy given his past, you know, 10, 12 events that he was even one of the favorites, honestly. He missed the cut, 76-69. Not shocked at all. The the roller coaster for Matt Wolf continues, and you know, I'd call it a roller coaster, but roller coasters have to go up, <laughs> you know. So, uh, besides that U.S. Open finish, you know, he hasn't really had a top twenty his last ten starts, and I didn't really like him this week. Uh, so, 
um, you know, fading Wolf and his inconsistency, inconsistency kind of rang true. And so to Abraham answer at 35 to one uh, answer, had a, had a, had a good week for, for being one of the favorites, 72, 66, 66, 65, uh, you know, was outside of the cut line after the first day uh, with a, with a two over uh, 72 um, and all in all a good week has, has really kind of turned around in short game uh, since the middle of the season. And Let's move on into our travelers picks to place. Yeah. So um, we were on the right track here with a couple of these. Uh, I had Patrick Reed top 20 um, plus 120. Uh, he finished tied 25th, missed top 20 by one shot. Uh, one of the tough things about that, kind of looking back at it, is bogeyed 17 and made par from 83 yards on 18. So a bit of a tough finish for one of the best wedge players on tour. Kind of going through the ones we had Chase Kepka top 20, 25 to one, that one didn't hit. And then, I mean, this is, this hurts. Uh, Bubba top 10, five to one finished T19 bogey, 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 double bogey, bogey. That's just not how you want to finish a a golf tournament. Uh, one from standing on, you know, 13 T there with a very, you know, the favorite to win the golf tournament and ends up almost missing out on a top 20. That's, we have him in other, in other things as well. So that's just a tough one. Um, well, how about you? So as far as my picks to place, I had uh, my, you know, my first one was Abraham answer top 20 um, that cashed finally a tournament. Like I said, where he's actually making up shots in the field when he's missing greens it's only the second time he's done that in the last six events. Uh, my next one um, was Aaron Wise, top 20, which this is a pick I don't regret as much because he actually did hit the ball really well and ended up losing five strokes to the field um, on the greens, which um, t- tough to place anywhere near uh, the top 20 at TPC River Highlands doing that. Uh, and that's kind of been the syrup story of the year for Aaron Wise. And uh, my last one was was uh, Tony Finau, top 10, and uh, that did not cash. Shot 76 the first round and, um, you know, at, at the third shortest track uh, on tour in TPC River Highlands, uh, you know, you're not going to get a 76 back. And that's my picks to place. So let's let's move on and do our dark horses. Yeah, so I was kind of looking at, you know, the U.S. Open and um, how a couple of the guys did there and, one of the guys I kind of liked, he played well at the US Open, was Mackenzie Hughes at 120 to one. He finished uh, tied seven, tied 76, made the cut, and then kind of just shit the bed on the weekend. But uh, another guy I kind of looked at was Russell Henley. He was kind of right in there uh, till a little later. But, Will, how about you for Dark Horse? Yeah, so I had Ricky Fowler, top 10 plus 70, 750, uh, coming off two top 20 finishes at the PGA and Memorial. And um, you know, Ricky missed the cut and hit the ball terribly, losing shots to the field off the tee um, and with his approaches. So um, all in all, we're still waiting for the, the comeback quest to be turned on for Ricky. Yeah. And then for, you know, my picks to win, my guy I loved was Bubba at 50 to one. Uh, Bubba was in the driver's seat and the wheels fell off. I believe he was on 13 to par five. He's got 230 and grabs five iron into the wind and is not getting there anyway and ended up making kind of a brutal par and felt like he was kind of wasting a shot. And then, geez, after that, 
it really came undone. And, you know, obviously he's one of those guys who is known for his crazy pro tracers and hits these wild draws and slices. And the one thing about playing a game like that is when the game starts getting a little wild, what kind of fundamentals do you really have to, <laughs> to fall back on? Right. Um, this isn't like, okay, I'm just going to stick to my bread and butter shot. And uh, you know, when, you know, things are getting difficult out there. So he is always a little bit of a up and down pick, you know, like he could be a favorite coming to turn miss a cup by 10, but at a place where he had already won three times, I was extremely shocked by, by his finish. And then kind of moving into the other guy we had, uh, I had was Scotty Scheffler at 28 to one, just kind of a ho-hum week. Um, not much really, you know, to add to that. Yeah, uh, my picks were, were Cantlay at, at 18 to 1, and, and Patrick had a really nice week at Travelers with the T13 finish. Um, you know, guy's been playing really good. I look forward to seeing his numbers uh, before the Open. And, uh, you know, Patrick went through a rough stretch of, stretch of holes uh, or a, a rough stretch of tournaments um, on the greens at the end of April, into May, where he missed cuts at the Players, Masters, RBC, and then Wells Fargo um, all in a row. But, but since his win, uh, at Memorial, he's really made advances on the putting greens. He's picked up 2.5 strokes on the greens in the last in his last three events, um, and that's kind of going to be huge for him if he wants to get picked for the Ryder Cup. As far as you know, a guy that can be trusted to make putts. Um, and my other one was Scotty Scheffler, 28 to one as well, which was looking great uh, heading into the final round. Shot two over, uh, and, and like we've said, uh, you know, anything over par really is not going to cut it at TPC River Highlands. So yeah, moving on into our DraftKings showdown, uh, no progress made for me this week. Um, was looking good through three rounds with Scotty Scheffler, but had Matthew Wolf, Tony Finau, and Ricky Fowler missed the cut. Led goes to 3-0 and in our DraftKings showdown. Okay, moving into the Rocket Mortgage Championship this week at Detroit. Uh, golf club, uh, one of the PGA Tour's last stop until uh, we move across the pond into uh, Scottish and, and, and Open Championship week. Uh, led players in this field uh, working to uh, get more status. There's obviously some heavy favorites. Uh, let's start with Detroit Country Club. Uh, what do you see this week? Yeah, so, you know, 7,370 yards, par 72. So we're working with four par fives this week. Um, it's a flat Donald Ross design. It's over a hundred years old, actually, which is pretty cool. One of the things for the listeners, Donald Ross courses are normally have quite a bit of, you know, dog legs and, you know, trees infused and stuff. Uh, but the main thing that's, you know, normally the challenge is the green surfaces. They're normally uh, kind of like a turtle shell where if you hit it on the side of the green, they're, it'll kind of roll off or, you know, a lot of false fronts. If you don't quite get the ball to the middle of the putting surface, it'll kind of, you know, roll off the front and you'll end up be chipping. Um, kind of just the golf course is the, it's pretty tree line front nine and wide open on the back. And there's a ton of birdies out there. Average winning score over the first two years. It's only the third year of the event, but the average winning score has been 24 under. So you better make some birdies out there. And then one of the things we're kind of looking at is, Detroit golf club is a bit of a bomber's paradise. And if you, all you have to do is go back to last year where you have 
Bryson being the defending champion and Matt Wolf finishing runner up, two of the longest guys on tour. So, you know, let's just kind of get into those favorites. Okay. Uh, starting with Bryson DeChambeau at nine to one, like you said, beat Wolf by three strokes last year. And, uh, you know, if you're going to bet on Bryson this week, just go ahead and take him to win. You know, he's, he's losing a ton of strokes um, around the greens. Obviously, at a large majority of that comes from the, the back nine at the U.S. Open, where just on the back nine alone, he lost seven stroke shots around the greens. Um, and, you know, this is the flattest golf course in the PGA Tour and, and a place where obviously Bryson's very comfortable at and has a clear advantage with his length. Um, in my opinion, it's either bet him to win or stay away as far as the value goes. Yeah. And then next we got Patrick Reed at 14 to one. He's coming off a fifth at Memorial 19th at the U S open and 25th at um, most recently at the travelers. So obviously showing a little bit of form coming in. He's made the cut in eight of his last 11 events, six of those being top twenties. Like I kind of talked about last week, he is Mr. Top 20. If he may, if he, uh, if he makes the cut and like last week finished one shot out of top 20. So, Pretty spot on there. Um, and he's, you know, interesting enough, he's number one in strokes gained his last 50 rounds so and fourth in putting. So obviously playing really well. Um, a little bit out of the character of a lot of the guys we're looking at this week where, you know, Patrick isn't really one of the longest guys on tour. But in terms of the fact that it's going to be a bit of a birdie fest, uh, I like him this week with how well he's been rolling it. So on to Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama at 16 to 1. Uh, hasn't made... Uh, or hasn't had any really high finishes since winning the Masters, maybe on a little bit of a sake bender hangover type thing, uh, <laughs> has fought through some pretty poor putting performances at the PGN Memorial where he, he rallied to make the cut in both. Um, seemed to get back on track at Torrey Pines the US Open a couple weeks ago if it wasn't for his struggles off the tee. But I'll definitely be looking at a Hideki top 10 ticket um, in, a, in a weaker field. Well, just kind of, you know, talking about Hideki here, he's 176 this year in putting. And it's crazy to think about the guy who won the Masters is 170. There's 125 guys that are even going to keep their cards. So um, do you kind of just look at that Masters week as an outlier in terms of his putting or, you know, yeah, I totally, thought he's obviously going to contend. Absolutely. And he lost nine strokes to the field on the putting green at Memorial. Um, and the week before that three at the PGA, besides the Masters, you know, it's, it's kind of been that kind of 2015 Hideki, like worst on tour and putting. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I look at this as, as, um, as, you know, the reason if, if Detroit country club was Bermuda grass, I would totally stay away from Hideki. His putting numbers don't suffer as much, uh, when he's on bed. So, um, you know, like I said, I'll definitely be looking at a Hideki top 10 ticket. And does he still have the pause in his stroke going? Is that no? I think thing? no. He has sped it up a little bit. I think okay. I have to confirm that this weekend, but I think he sped it up. And I, I always thought maybe like a thing about putting is, you know, people that struggle with putting. What if they just started their backstroke? Sorry, they started their putting stroke from a backstroke, right? It seems like that's the next evolution of Bryson's thing in terms of he's like, okay, I'm going to take this 24 inches back this will go exactly 36 feet, like no need for the backstroke, just start it from back there, you know, and then you can guarantee it should be from a pretty good starting point. Yeah. I could see him messing around with like one of those swing pendulums, but for the putting stroke and just totally executing it. But uh, yeah. 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 So we'll get into Webb Simpson here uh, at 18 to one. I really like him this week. 
Interesting enough, Webb has only played three times since the Masters. So um, those include a top 10 at RBC Heritage, a 30th at the PG, PGA, and then most recently a miscut at Torrey. So, you know, you'd like to see a couple more results heading in this week. Obviously a little rusty, but, you know, he's a veteran. I'm sure he's going to be uh, ready to go. He's 13th in driving accuracy and 11th around the green and 20th in putting. Uh, one kind of interesting note is he is like Mr. Donald Ross. So Donald Ross, you know, is one of obviously the most famous designers. There's a lot of uh, PJ Tour events at these different clubs. Um, kind of found a statistic that over the past 36 rounds on Donald Ross golf courses, Webb has picked up 44 strokes on the field, and that's number one. So definitely like him on a Donald Ross course this week. And there's kind of, you know, a little stat to back that up as he finished T8th last year. And um, so – Definitely one of the guys I'm looking at heading in. You know, another guy who's not really one of the longest on tour, but when he gets the uh, anchored putter rolling and gets the wedges, the chicken wing wedges going to five or six feet, he's a guy to certainly look out for. The Jason Kokrak at 28 to one. I took Kokrak a couple of weeks, my dark horse for the U.S. Open, and he just never had a chance. Uh, when you look when we look at his numbers, um, you know, another guy really struggling when he's missing greens. Um, and has lost shots to the field in that category in his last six starts. Uh, fortunately, kind of like Bryson, this is a this is you know he's in that category a bomber that's gonna that's you know has the potential to to, to totally eat up a um, a flat golf course. Um, I'm not taking a winning Coke rack ticket, but another guy that I'll be giving a look at when I make a top twenty pick. Yeah, and then we got uh, Will Zalatoris at twenty five to one. Still not a member of the PJ Tour, even though he's the 29th ranked golfer in the world, finished second in the Masters. Um, well, I just wanted to kind of ask your thoughts on what loophole or thing needs to be changed for this to for him to become a PJ Tour member. Yeah, I um, it I was looking at this yesterday. It it's shocking that that he still he came in second at the Masters and still doesn't have uh, full status on tour. I mean couple top tens, you know, top 10 at Shriners, top 10 at the PGA, two top tens in majors. Um, maybe something, something will have to be changed, you know, as far as this goes next year. And kind of looking at it, I'm sorry, but like, if you win the Puerto Rico open, you become a member of the PGA tour. But if you finish second at the masters, you're still just like a random, you know, might as well be Monday qualifying out here. Like it, It's a definitely an interesting uh, way that, They've got to somehow change a rule that if you finish top five in a major or something or top three in a major, that if you contend in the Masters, okay, you're good enough to have your tour card. I mean, he's good enough to go back next year, so they might as well give him a card. Exactly, exactly, right? And kind of looking at you know, Zalatoris, who's been Mr. Consistent, uh, hasn't been playing too great his last couple starts. It's probably why the PJ Tour might be holding off on his card. <laughs> um, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open. And only one top 10 in his last six starts. Um, he's 34th off the tee and third in approach to the green. The putter actually has been holding him back a bit. Uh, you know, the, the anchored putter as well. But it's the first time playing this event. So, you know, I'm kind of meh on him this week. Uh, you know, moving into our next guy. So, Joaquin Neiman at 28 to 1. It, it, you know, this seems like a similar story for a lot of the favorites this week. But, uh, you know. Joko's struggles have been just kind of slightly tampered by his work around the greens. You know, the, the, the tour has been to, to venues with brutal rough and it, it's been, 
it's just been a little bit more of a long-term issue for Joko and, and I'm staying away from a, from a ticket uh, uh, with him this week. Yeah. And up next we got math, Matthew Wolf at 33 to 33 to one. Um, yeah. The, the Wolf of wall street is a roller coaster. I do not want to ride right now. Uh, he's 174th in driving this year, which is, doesn't even seem possible for as far as he hits it. Right. So he's hitting it 330, you know, 325. He's one of the longest guys on tour. And, you know, that's one of the things we kind of talk about is, you know, Bryson has broken the game of golf, right. He hits it so far that it doesn't matter that it's offline. Right. But you got a guy like Matthew Wolf who's hitting it so far and so offline that he's still losing strokes that field off the tee. So, you know, it really goes to show how crooked he's hitting it. And then another thing we're looking at is he's 200th around the green, which is another stat that doesn't seem possible because it's, um, it's one of those things like where they only track 200, you know, so he's, you know, kind of DFL on that. His last six, six starts are uh, withdraw, T28, DQ, cut, T15, and miss cut at the Travelers. So Okay, Anthony Kim. Definitely a roller coaster that, uh, that should be shut down, honestly. Uh, so I recommend we Sergio stuck behind the tree at the PGA fade Mr. Wolf this week. Yeah. And uh, even though he finished second last time in this tournament, I just don't think his game is in a spot where we really feel like shelling out money on the guy. And over to, 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 to Kevin Kisner at 35 to one. I'm not playing a Kevin Kisner ticket this week, despite um, the 63 that he shot on, on Friday and Sunday uh, last week to finish fifth, um, you know, TPC River Highlands is the third shortest course on tour. And um, it's not surprising to me that he was able to file it, fire a couple of good rounds. Um, that being said, he's been one of, one of the more fluky players on tour where in years past been kind of more of a trusty guy. Um, in his last 10 starts, he's losing strokes off the tee. Uh, or sorry, he's losing strokes with his drive and approach. Um, guys are, you know, I'm thinking guys are going to be taking it super deep right off the get-go at Detroit Country Club and, uh, like we've seen in years past, and I, I don't think Kevin Kisner really keeps up um, enough this week for me to be interested in a ticket. Yeah, and then we have, uh, you know, rounding out the favorites, we have Sung J.M. at 35-1. to 1. He's definitely a guy I'm looking at this week. After seven top 30s in a row earlier in the year, Sung J has gone a little cold the last four events. Um, miscut, miscut, and 35th at the Palmetto and the U.S. Open. Um He's honestly, you know, I think we're getting at a, at a decent number because of those, you know, the last couple starts haven't been his best. Um, he's 14th off the tee in this year and 39th in putting. Uh, and on a course that has a lot of trees and is a birdie fest, I think those two stats are going to be, you know, pretty helpful for him, you know, contending this week. Uh, so my picks to, so moving into picks of place for the Rocket Mortgage uh, Championship. I, my first one here is Hideki Matsuyama, top 10. Uh, plus 225. I, I, you know, like we talked about earlier, the putting is a huge factor that you have to be worried about, but um, his, his putting numbers, his terrible putting numbers are largely due to the kind of the spring uh, swing where, you know, you get a whole bunch of Bermuda courses um, and, and he really struggled there. But other than that, Hideki's game uh, looking really sharp tee to green and, uh, you know, if he can just have an average week on these bent grass greens at the South course at uh, Detroit Country Club, then um, I, you know, I really like 
Hideki Matsuyama top 10. My next one is Webb Simpson uh, top 10 plus 225 finished eighth year last year. And more importantly, you know, you're getting a solid number with Webb top 10 after a shitty week at the U S open. And, you know, even learned another stat with, with how successful he's been to Donald Ross courses. Uh, so thanks to lead for that. My last pick to place is just Jason Kokrak, uh, top 20 plus 163, uh, finished 29th here last year and, and, and had just an absolutely terrible putting week. Um, and that's really improved. Like as of recent, uh, he's picked up, he's picking up, um, around three to four shots, um, on the greens, uh, per tournament, his last couple starts dating back to his win at colonial. Yeah. And for my picks to place, I have, you know, Webb Simpson top 10 as well at plus 225, you know, kind of things we talked about, um, he plays well on Donald Ross courses, you know, a little bit of, uh, obviously finished top 10 here last year. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely one I like. I have Joaquin Neiman, Joko. I like that. Uh, I like that, uh, nickname Will's got there. Um, top 10 plus 225 he's finished top 40 uh 12 of his last 15 events so that's just an, an ode to how consistent he's been all year long and kind of one thing that kind of stands out is one thing we look at is you know a bit of a bomber's paradise and even though Joaquin's a small guy he's averaging you know 307 off the tee so that combined with the rest of his game that really has no weaknesses he's another guy I really like my next pick to place is uh a new guy on the scene here, Mito Pereira. He, uh, his top 20 is 25 to one. So obviously a little bit of value there. Uh, he just got a call up from the PJ tour with his third win on the corn Fury after getting back-to-back dubs at the Rex hospital open and the BMW charity pro-am. Um, he's 48 under in his last two events. So this will feel pretty comfortable for him going into a, you know, a tournament where it's one of the mo- lowest scoring events on tour. So, you know, he's not exactly coming out to play Oakmont. The course is, uh, is pretty gettable. And obviously now after he's, he's, uh, he's been called up by the PJ Tour after getting the three wins, first guy to do that since 2016. And it's one of those things where, you know, the books like look at him, he's labeled a Corn Ferry player, right? He hasn't played in many PJ Tour events. But if you just go back to kind of his stats and, you know, all the birdies he's been making, he's playing, doesn't matter what tour you're playing on, he's playing some of the best golf in the world right now. So, Getting him at 25 to one is definitely something I like. So we'll kind of moving in. Who do you have for your dark horse? Yeah, so my dark horse is Sung JM to win at 35 to one, uh, has played beautifully this year and finally got a week of rest after playing some like 20 plus weeks in a row. Um, just full hotel schedule. Doesn't have a house in the States, just hotel to hotel. Um, and, and you could tell, that the schedule is getting to him a little bit, the U S open in Paul Meadow, where he just started to lose his T ball a little bit. Typically this guy really just doesn't miss fairways. Um, and, and I feel, I feel like the, the week of rest is what's really going to get Sungjae back on track. I got Sungjae to win as my dark horse this week. Yeah. So then for my dark horse, uh, a little darker, uh, we got Cameron champ at 150 to one. Um, he's second in strokes gained off the team his last 24 rounds finished tied 12th last year. And I think he's one of those guys we're getting at a little bit better number than we normally would because he's coming off three missed cuts in a row. But, you know, he's won a couple of times on tour and anytime we can get a guy with that talent. And I just think the course sets up to him, right? We got four par fives and it's almost one of those, you know, one of those tournaments where guys have scorecards with two Eagles on them and stuff. And 
you know, having someone with Cameron Champ's power is uh, definitely an advantage out there. Um, so moving into, uh, Will, your picks to win? Yeah, so my pick to win at the Rocket Mortgage uh, Championship this week, I only have one, Patrick Reed, 16-1. to one. He's had struggles on the greens this year, like we've talked about, but, uh, you know, out of all surfaces where he's picking up the most shots uh, with the flat stick is on bent greens, which is uh, what they have here at Detroit Country Club. Uh, you know, if he can putt even average, um, I think he's going to give this a good run because every other facet of his game is, is, is really on right now. My two picks are, I have Kokrak at 28 to one. Is his nickname big country? Cause I feel like it should be totally, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, now, yeah. now it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously a mammoth of a guy just kills it off the tee. He's eighth off the tee in, um, in his last 50 rounds and first in putting. So Obviously, those are two numbers we're really going to look at. We're looking at being a birdie fest, and we definitely think distance is going to be an advantage this week. And it's interesting. He's kind of under the radar, has two wins on the season. You know, he won the CJ Cup in Vegas earlier in the season, and then, you know, more recently won the Charles Schwab. And I just think his game sets up really nicely for Detroit Golf Club. And then my other guy uh, is Joko, Joaquin Neiman at 28-1, to you know, kind of going up some – over some stats I mentioned earlier, finished top 40, 12 of his last 15 events, which is just like a mind blowing statistic in certain, in terms of consistency, he's 12th in strokes gained off the tee. And like we mentioned before, uh, you know, obviously hits it extremely long. And uh, the only thing I'd say that is a bit of a red flag is he's been struggling a bit around the green, uh, you know, with chipping and stuff like that. But, it's a course with so many birdie opportunities. I don't really think that's going to be something that, you know, hurts him too much because, you know, if you're hitting, as we know, if you hit 18 greens around, you don't need to chip, but it's one of those courses where if he's hitting 15, 16 greens around, I don't think that's going to be a stat that, uh, that worries me too much. So my two picks both at 28 to one are um, Kokrak and Joaquin Neiman. Okay. And moving into our drafting showdown before we get to our best bet, um, just to uh, recap, James is 3-0. and uh, You know, I got a long way to go, but here we go. My Rocket Mortgage lineup goes Bryson DeChambeau, Sung J.M., Cameron Shingali, uh, Hank Laboda, um, who has thrown together a couple of great tournaments, Joel Dahman, and Cameron Champ to round it out. Yes, and then for me, you know uh... – I can afford to kick, take a couple flyers here, right? Because I'm, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, you got some leeway. Uh, what's it called? Bigger setback for a major comeback? We'll yeah, yeah, minor setback for a major comeback. Yeah, minor that, setback, major comeback. Okay. So I have Joaquin Neiman, Bubba Watson, Jason Kokrak, Tom Lewis, Luke List, and Cameron Champ. So I'm pretty much just going with the Bombers. <laughs> wow, Luke List. How vintage club is that? Let's go. <laughs> and, and then Luke, kind of moving yeah. into our best bets. Will, who do you have this week? So my best bet is, uh, you know, I'm taking Bryson DeChambeau top five plus 200. Obviously former champ, uh, but, you know, doing everything fairly well. You know, another one of those favorites who, you know, the, you know, the, his, only, his only, you know, huge bump in the road was, was that 44 on the back nine at the U.S. Open uh, where he lost seven strokes around the greens. But, you know, as far as the best, best bet goes, um, you know, I think you can really rely on this guy finishing at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday. 
Yeah, and for me, um, my best bet is uh, sorry, is Bubba Watson over Keegan plus one hundred five. Um, Keegan is one hundred eighty sixth in putting this year, and Bubba Watson is you know obviously had that brutal finish last week at Travelers, but now stringing together back to back weeks uh, at the U.S. Open and uh, at Travelers, and he's just a bomber. I like this week, and uh, you know. That's all there really is to it. I just, I really see Bubba taking down Keegan. What do you think about Keegan switching to the right hand arm or the, the right forearm arm lock? Is that something we could see or absolutely just not? You know, whatever works, but obviously, you know, he's searching a little right now. If he's 186 and putting, um, you know, it's interesting, like uh, kind of how you look at it if you're changing a lot, something's obviously kind of going wrong. If you're going that off the deep end, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's like, where do you go from there? Right? Yeah. It's like final destination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, anything else go wrong kind of thing, but you know, in terms of, I kind of like the couple of the picks we talked about this week, will, you know, anything kind of else to add in terms of, uh, looking forward to an exciting week at rocket mortgage. No, that's all for me. I, I'll be looking forward to uh, to to our uh, big breakdown um, uh, of the open in the coming weeks, and uh, uh, enjoyed it today. That's gonna that's gonna wrap it up uh, for the the pregame podcast golf preview on RJ Bell's Dream Podcast. We really enjoyed it today. Thank you for listening, uh, James. Thank you again. I enjoyed it, uh, and we'll see you next week. Let's go make some money. Let's do it. Mm-hmm.